Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Jack Humphrey. Gina is out today, so I'm running the show. If something goes weird, it's because I'm pushing buttons and talking at the same time. I used to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time, but uh, that is degraded as a as a skill of mine. So I will do the best I can today. <laughs> we have a really, really great show. You can catch all of our previous episodes and all our current episodes at uh, theleveragists.com. And check out all of our awesome guests, like our guest today, Emerson Brantley, who's been behind the scenes, master marketing strategist and copywriter for top gurus. He's created over 8,600 campaigns, launches including over $100 million in tests. His clients include Fortune 100 startups, solopreneurs, and some of his results include a $4.3 million launch, 3,000 media events. Uh, My goodness, this is just crazy. He's known for (laughs) creating the longest-running profitable lead-generating infomercial ever made, was a finalist for Icon Ultimate Marketer, and is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author. Uh, And it goes on and on and on. I'm just going to say welcome to Leverage Masters Emerson. We're really glad to have you today. Jack, we also have Tim John here. Well, Tim's a serial entrepreneur and an investor and uh, international speaker, author, and trainer. Um, he's a coach. He created a process called the Stupid Process, which he can tell you about. And he's he's been called on for improving sales results for top gurus and clients here and and internationally. In fact, he just got back from Costa Rica. Um, he's known for reducing sales cycles for clients and improving your sales per lead, increasing your revenues per client, and simplifying your sales processes. So I'll have to ask you guys both what uh, what is the um what is the big burning thing, the big burning issue that's getting you out of bed these days after your introductions? Catch us up to what's going on right now in your lives. Well, Tim and I have uh, known each other for a number of years, and, and, and we began to realize that we both were doing things in different arenas, the same kind of approaches. Uh, him to sales and working uh, with organizations and their sales, me and their, we, me with their marketing. So one of the pressing issues that every single small business and entrepreneur that I've ever worked with has, in fact, big, big corporations have it, is there's a disconnect between their sales and their marketing. And so the process that we began working on together, which we call the soul process, addresses specifically those issues starting out with strategy, uh, the marketing and the sales, not just having one, one or the other, but for the entire company or organization. Um, turning every objection into an opportunity instead of something to overcome, Uh, leveraging referrals, that's the L in it, and uh, then duplicating and automating the entire process. Awesome. Tim, is there anything you'd like to add to that? What's what's burning your mind days? Well, what I realize is that a lot of salespeople were spending way too much talk time and energy into saying how badass they are 
instead of so what they're trying to sell people on <laughs> yeah. is their dream instead of selling them on the dream of their client. So one of the, one of the greatest mentors I ever had, Tom Schaff, always used to say it is like you know people we've always been sold on features and benefits, but really where money is made is people. What are the consequences? Where is it appearing in your life? And what questions are they asking should be the benefit to what your product or service does? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, what doesn't make sense is that it's 2018, and that message has been out there for quite a while. It's really weird to watch people walk around as if they've never heard it before. At this point, it's sort of ridiculous. And it kind of lets you know how newbie some people must be because I can't believe that somebody could hear that message and then make that mistake in this day and age. And therefore, it leads me to believe that they're not hearing that message. So, therefore, you guys need to still well, be out but, there telling people this stuff, well, right? And I, and I think what it comes down to is, is once you understand, one of the things that Emerson and I realize is everybody's going out to sell. That when you know who you're not for, weight should be the first thing that you should ever do in any of your sales process. Because when you understand the strategy of who you're not for, like I don't go out to look for business for me. I actually go out to look for our Emerson's eyes, 15 other uh, referral partners that we have in our company because when we go out and people start off, they start off immediately what the issue is, the problem is, the challenge is. That's all I'm, li I'm listening for those key words because they're about to tell me whatever pain or whatever issues going on in their life. And as long as I have vetted those referral partners, and I know some of those four. I, and almost every sales conversation I have, I, I straight away, objections are the opportunities because they're about to tell me whatever objection is going on in their life. And as long as I have a referral partner that can solve that problem, I tell them straight away, hey, if I'm not a good fit for you, do you mind if I refer you to someone that is? And 80% of the time, we refer other people's stuff because they're not ready for Emerson and I to come in for that simple fact. And why oversell somebody something? They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be aggravated. They're going to be overwhelmed, frustrated, sick and tired of this. And it just doesn't make sense. I'd rather spend 20% of the time with the great people that we can just completely change their life so they do those things. Jack, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take a marketing, a marketing angle on this as well. When I, when I work with clients and when I teach, uh, teach the processes, I tell them the number one purpose of our marketing is not to attract people. It is to repel as many as we can. We want to use our marketing to, to narrow it down to the 20% of the 20% right off the bat. That is a, that's a whole different concept than most people ever think about. But most people think of the 80-20 rule as, okay, I've got all these people. What I've got to do is try to figure out my 20% in there. Get rid of, you know, after they're already in the, in the hopper, so they're wasting loads of time, salespeople waste loads of time, um, and then companies end up selling, closing the wrong people that end up just becoming headaches and heartaches down the road. So especially today, when you have uh, online reputation and everything else, it's such a huge issue. I, I feel like it's very important to figure out who you don't want and really start making the cut uh, before you even begin your marketing to start making that cut ahead of time. So then when it does get down to sales, sales isn't wasting a lot of time with the people who are the wrong people. They have people who are the right people who are ready for the message here at that point in their life. They understand their why, why they're going to buy before they even understand who they are. 
Yeah, what about the what about Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking a lot of people do do that. It never really occurred to me the the way that you put it uh, kind of hit home for me because yeah, I mean, I can I can remember times where I'm just really ultra focused on the wrong thing. And and it's just a waste of time and energy. And and another t- I think another thing that might go with that if you always want to elaborate on this from your perspective is just knowing who the hell you're going after, who you really want and then just begin to talk to them and <laughs> and them exclusively even if you don't know which one of them out of the 100 that you're talking to is the one, right? I mean, doesn't that also help a lot with getting rid of a lot of waste it does. and stress? It does. You know, you know a lot of okay, in marketing there's an awful lot if you go to any marketing event or conference or anything else, all you hear are tactic, 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 tactic. Get this software. Try this approach. Use this system. And the reality is, is that the tactics, the tactical stuff, is so unimportant compared to having the clear, crystal, crystal clear strategy. And the way that I present strategy and that we talk about it with our clients is, is. Your strategy starts with why, but your why is only a tiny part of it. You know, everything is about our why. Your why, when you really drill down, gives you the vision that you need for your for your business, your company, your product, your service, or what you want to accomplish. That's five percent of it because nobody really cares, do they? Right? Everybody, right. what's in it for me? Right? So if we if we didn't step aside for that and go, okay, why would they choose me? Why would they think I was any different? Why, when they've been under-promised and over-delivered their entire life, would they think this was going to be the time that it really worked? Why should, it, why should they care? Why should they trust me? Why should they want to make a change? Because, you know, you have time, money, and change. The hardest is change to make. Why would they want to make a change in what they've been doing? And why now? And when I really begin to answer those questions, and this is where... It's a little counterintuitive, Jack. When you answer those questions first, before you try to figure out who they are, figure out why they're going to make the decisions. What is their drivers? What are the psychographics, if you will, for the fancy term that you know marketers like to use? Why are they going to make that decision? Now I step back from that and say, okay, who is this person? And that's when I can get into... The demographics, and all demographics are just, you know, that's the history of stuff that I've done in my past. Now I can look at those things and say, okay, that's who I want to be talking to, and now I already know the message that they need to hear. And that message is going to be a divisive message because the better I get at speaking directly to their drivers, the more I'm going to repel the people that don't, you know, that's, that's a bunch of hogwash. Why do I need that? I've got this. I want that to happen. But the purer I get yeah. that message, the more they're going to resonate and they're going to go, yeah, yeah, that, tell me more. That sounds, tell me more. That sounds good. That sounds, that's different. Tell me, tell, me, tell me a little more about that. And now my sales team has the ability to begin delivering that message, you know, over the phone, belly to belly, whatever, and deliver a message that is going to resonate with them. And now they're not wasting the time trying to trying to overcome objections and all the old all the old school stuff that that fails is still being taught today out there, even in big corporations. 
Yeah. The hardest part for me in all of that you just said was in the beginning, and that was the <clears throat> determining their why, determining why they're going to choose yep. you. And mm-hmm. my thing with that has always been having the confidence to know what the hell I'm even talking about. Like, I can say I think I know what their why is going to be, but how do you know for sure? And, it, and then how, can you give us an example either in the real world or, or theoretical where that would actually, that determination is made with confidence on the part of the marketer? Absolutely. I'm going to kind of give it to you in a roundabout way, but I'll give it to you. When okay. we, the biggest problem is actually deciding. Us, we make those decisions, okay? So if you, I tell people this, you know, uh, you've heard the term familiarity breeds contempt, right? Well, usually it has to do yes. with, you know, if you've been in a relationship a long time or whatever. But the person we're most familiar with is ourself. And so what we tend to do is to downplay the things that are our strengths. But if you have the background, you have the experience, you have the training, and you take yourself out of the position where you're looking at anyone else around you, and begin understanding, here are the things that I offer that truly nobody else can offer what you offer, the way you offer it. In any relationship, there's someone for everyone. Sometimes you shake your head at it, but there's someone for everyone. And there is somebody that is looking for that message from you, the way that you understand it, the way you present it, the way your, and your experience backs it up. That's the why I'm looking for, because that person doesn't care if there's somebody who's been out there 20 years more than you, somebody who has a million dollars worth of advertising they're doing every month. They don't care if they've got a, you know, all of these big-name clients on their website. They hear your message, and they go, Jack, he's the one for me. I want to know more. Yeah. And that really is how yeah, it works. I'm a little bit worried really, about where... Really, really is how it works. I'm, a, I'm worried about where I have my 20 years of experience positioned right now, now that you say that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go take hey, Jack, a look at that and make sure I don't have that up. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. So the smartest thing that Fortune 500 companies have a board of directors, correct? Right. So the first thing you said, I'm worried about, and then you said the problem is, what did you create the minute you said that? A problem. <laughs> Or the illusion of one, possibly. Not really exactly a real one, but just one I think I have. Yeah. No, you think you have. So instead of telling the universe no and oh, okay, when you find the right strategic partners, like Emerson and I do on a regular basis, who do you know that can solve that problem? And because when we start, when you start off with the problem is in your sales conversation or in your marketing conversation, you're telling your client that you have a problem, and you don't have a problem. You just need to know someone that knows that part of it so they can solve the problem. We talk about three investments. There's time, money, and change, which is the most important. I can show you how to stop. Everything is a mathematical equation in sales and in marketing. The average person works 2,080 hours per year. They have, everybody has 1,440 minutes a day. I can affect time. I can affect money. But the one thing that most business owners will not do is change their habits to affect those two. And when you create the problem, wouldn't it just be easier if you went and Jack said, 
who do I know that can solve this problem and just get it off my plate and start working on the stuff that I'm super, super good at? It's just a mathematical That's equation. That's really... When you say I believe or I think, when you said that, all I'm listening to, the problem is, hey, so one is you just need to know someone that can dial in your avatar, which could be Emerson. You said, I don't know. You just have a small confidence issue. Okay. But we generally sell to the former you. Okay. So your perfect avatar would be someone that used to be where you are and want to be where you are now. That's not a confidence thing. We always assume. But if you start to listen to communication in a different way, and here's why. Because the minute I, I know that, I can go to Emerson and say, Emerson, I'm getting, their problem is this. He has a confidence issue. This is what we need to overcome. And then he can put that in both in the copy and our marketing pieces in our pamphlets. Because that gives me to spend a lot less time having to overcome that because sales is a mathematical equation. Because when we say, I believe, that now you're going into the emotional part. Anything, why do some people make 100 grand and why do some people make 5 million? Because they understood, they understood time and how to automate that process from, because the average person makes 100 grand is $48 an hour. If you want to make 200 grand, you're going to make $96 an hour. Now, what's the strategy? How many extra customers? What's the customer lifetime value? All the mathematics that goes into business, what most people don't even realize, if you record yourself, Here's what I want to give you a homework assignment this week, if you don't mind, Jack. I want you to listen to your yeah. friends that you hang out with. And every time they say the challenge is, the issue is, uh, I'm, this is, this is what I, instead of looking at mathematics, and then I want you to think in your head, who do you know or what do you know that could solve that problem for them? And the reason we Brilliant insight. I love this process the reason we created the soul process, and, I, and I'll tell you where, where Emerson and I, you know, Emerson and I have known each other for almost seven years. And I was sitting in one of Emerson's classes, and I slipped on a page. He was talking about psychographics and demographics, and then my head started to hurt. Because I'm like, holy crap, what's going on? <laughs> like, I don't get this. But, you know, what I make jokes about is we're like overpriced drug dealers, right? Because if we don't have what they got, we know someone that does. And if you remember on the street corner, you run up to a street corner, you used to get stuff back in the hood, you'd find somebody there and be like, well, I don't have it, but my boy down the street has it. Okay? And we already know in any yeah. of that process, the more you stop talking and you start to listen to key words, when people tell you objections, they're about to tell you what pain they're in. People spend a lot more money to solve pain than they do on any feature and benefit. And when marketing and sales works together, okay, I, in, in just 15 minutes of our conversation, you just told me the challenge is this. My problem is that. I think this. Great. You pretty much just gave me all the ammunition I ever needed to do or who I need to know to sell you on whatever it is, and they're going to send me a check because I referred you. Nice. Nice so leverage there. Take that information. <laughs> marketing, yeah, and marketing can take that information and fine-tune the message. If we want to get more people like you or if we want to get less people like you, by refining the message, we start changing those dynamics. You know, I, I, earlier I said your vision is, or, or your why is like 5% of it, Jack. Your why gives you your vision for your company, but 
what gives you your value is their why. That's why knowing what their, figuring out what their why is before you even figure out who these people are, that's where you get the value proposition that you have. Everybody has these, you know, oh, you need to have a UVP or USP. Oh, you need to, or an elevator speech or whatever. And people come up with all sorts of fancy words and usually they're too long and they don't make any sense to anybody but them. Right. But your value yeah. proposition isn't about you. It's about them and the transformation or the results that you will be bringing to them. That's the value proposition. It's not about us at all. Right, right. Yeah, as soon as you said the marketing lingo thing, the first thing I thought of was inbound marketing. One of the greatest coups of all time was to inject that really hard-to-understand idea, even when it's defined, even after it's defined, because it was defined by HubSpot and created by them. <laughs> and then they, when they were at their apex, they just shoved it down everybody's throats. And now everybody, every blog, every marketing expert in the whole world uses the term inbound marketing, and I'm the only one screaming in the wilderness saying, this makes no sense. <laughs> and I have been ever since. I'm like, wow, they just needed a word for SEO purposes that they owned, and they created inbound marketing. And I'm like, oh, God, I wish people wouldn't do that. <laughs> Pet peeve. Well, and in, inbound marketing, yeah, and inbound marketing is, an old, is actually an old term. They just reappropriated it. I mean, when I was doing infomercials, right. you, they, yeah, you know, that's true. We had, it was all about inbound. And, you know, anytime you have somebody calling you, whether it's your existing customer or whether it's a, a new lead, a prospect, a suspect, or whatever, anytime you have somebody who is that moment in time, they've decided it's important enough to pick up the phone and call or to go to your website or, or however they're, they're coming in, that's the most powerful moment you can have with them because it's they've made that decision. You did. You didn't call them in the middle yeah, of dinner. It's their or idea. show up in their inbox and they didn't want it. You know, it's their idea and right at that moment, if the if if your message has been right to attract them. If you're not you know, one of the things affiliate affiliate marketing uh kind of has clouded the water uh, and it's uh, with more of the, the sense of I call it get all you can and can all you get, you know. We just, whatever, we just get all the people we can. We just keep sending stuff <laughs> out to them and somebody will buy something, right? Well, that's not that's yeah. not what we're talking about here. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about really getting, right. really getting focused, focused and recognizing there are things about me that somebody else maybe can do better, but there are things that I can do better. There are things that I am... Well, let me, let me take it off of I and put it into you. There are things that you may be, you may be the best person in the whole country at. You certainly, there are certainly things that you are in the top one percent of the country at, in in your market, in your business, and the things that you do. I'm saying. Now, there's a whole slew of right. things that you're pretty doggone good at, and you can handle, and you may be able to handle it better than a lot of people. And then you start getting down into that 98 percent of stuff that really. There's stuff that I should stay a mile away from. And that's where that the leveraging opportunities yeah. come, or the leveraging referrals that Tim was talking about comes in because now I don't have to be the expert at everything. I need to know how to connect people in a way that will make solutions for them. And in doing so, it establishes me. Tim likes to refer to this as 
as being stupid. As being, Tim, you want to tell them what stupid stands for? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people stupid. I was listening to a conference with General Honoré that was the guy that evacuated Katrina, and he kept saying the stupid acronym. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So I looked up what stupid stands for. Smart, talented people want to be more in demand. What I realized, anytime, you know, I can talk about everything I do, but if my referral partners talk about what I do, and I talk about them, okay, and how good they are and, you know, what results they've got with my clients and, you know, how good are friendships. You know, you asked an interesting question earlier, Jack. You want to be more in demand, correct? Okay. Yeah. I don't know anybody, and excuse the term, I don't know anybody that gets married by sending an email. But we want, we want to go out and we want to sell like that. Well, the, if you want to know someone's why, ask them. See, when someone tells me they come up, why well, I, I want my company to make more money, I say, like, bullshit. And the first thing I tell them that is, just, what would you do with the money if you did it? Is it? Do you want to take your kids on an extra vacation? Do you want to take better care of your parents? I mean, what is the, the one thing and one thing only that if I knock it out of the park during our conversation, that's going to make that habit change for you and make you more money, I get into their why. I mean, everybody has their, their we call it the bucket list. You know, the, the first one to 60 means nothing, really. It's just monetary. I want a new car. I want this crap. The 60 to 80, you start to dial that in. But that last 80 to 100 things on their bucket list, if your product or service can get them to one of those, you now have raving fans. And testimonials always sell better than you talking about yourself. And right. if you just sit down and, you, you know, and learn why they want to make more money, what would they do with it, what's their mission in life, what do they feel like, you know, what wakes them up every morning excited about going to work again. And when you can get that deep into a conversation with somebody, okay, and a lot of times it's just a mathematical equation. If they want to go from 100 to 200, show them the strategy that gets them there whether that's your service or referral partner service, that's really going to knock it out of the park. Because more times than not, I get more phone calls. I've never worked with a client, but I've made six or eight checks from that one client. All right, Timmy, what do I do now? Great. Let me introduce you to somebody. And, you know, yeah. the easiest way to duplicate and automate that is I created one phone number and one word for every one of my referral partners. So now when I go to the dashboard, I've had a conversation with him, but you talk to a lot of people at events. Now, at least when I go back to my dashboard, I know what they were interested in. I know what problem they were having. I know the stuff they're going in. And then when I talk to them about it, I can pick up the conversation where I left and not have to sit on the phone for an hour wondering where in the world I talked to them about what I talked to them about. Because then I just seem like every other nice. day. And the difference yeah, yeah. Is, so I created, I created this. I termed a coin. I'm, a lot of people say I do sales. I don't. I'm a business development guy because I think sales are one-hit wonders. I like to do business development. I, wanna, I want that referral partner to be a referral partner for life. I want that client. I want to be married to that client for the rest of my life. They know, I know their kids' birthday. I know what they're about. I know their charities. I know their parents' names. I know the stuff about them, and I ask them about that. Hey, how, how is it going with, you know, getting to this goal? Because so, an idea without a date is a dream. And the more that you dial into their why and they know that you love, care, and respect them, you know, that's why, I mean, people stay married for 50 years. But one of the things that, that Emerson and I do, one of the challenges that, that most of that I see in our customers 
with the 68% divorce rate in America, we just forgot to pay attention to our clients. And they're already married to someone else. All I have to do is outdo them, and they become married to us instead of the other people they are. And when they feel that comfortable, they're going to come back and come back and come back. And if you develop those relationships with, with, your, with your clients, with your, you know, I don't like customers because they're, they're, you know, they're just one transaction. I don't look as, as a customer as a transaction. I look as mine as a client, my family members. How can I serve them better than anybody else in America? So they continually coming back asking, you know, they're going to, they always start off, oh, Tim, I got another problem. Great. And I just shut up. Tell me more. Yeah. Anything else? And I just listen. I, they don't need to know it. They already know what I do. I don't need to say anything. When someone picks up the phone, what do you do? Just go to my website. My customers will tell you what I do. If, if, they, if that's a fit after reading that, great. Because I don't need to talk about I. Yeah. And Emerson talks about, instead of writing an I language, write a new language. The new language That's awesome. And I was just... I was going to say, U language being more than just, you know, uh, uh, a mechanism, but U language recognizing that what we're all about is about relationships. And relationships, it's not about customers and clients. It's about, it's about building relationships, and every step of that relationship is important. So when we are sending a message out, what Tim said, about asking them and in, 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 in saying, tell me more. Well, we're asking them in our marketing. I'm not asking them to buy or die. I mean, so many, so many, so many sites. You go to them and it's buy or die. It's put in your name or nothing. It's, it's put in your credit card or nothing. And what I want is to yeah. just have them say one thing and that's tell me more. It's like the breadcrumbs, like Hansel and Gretel. If I can get them to say tell me more, and now we're engaging in a conversation, now we can begin in a relationship. Now they can begin to trust. Now they can begin to get those why questions answered, those drivers answered. Because it's not just being clever with our words. It's about really looking at my market, your market, isn't a market. They're not leads. They're people. And yeah. when, when we talk about this, I actually pull out Maslow's hierarchy of needs and say, these people have a lot of different layers to them. And what we, the more that I can address them as people on different levels, the more likelihood there is that I'm going to build a relationship that will be a lifetime relationship of value, not just I made a sale and, man, we crushed it, you know? But I can build a relationship that's going to yeah. continue, to continue to continue, that will love, that these people will love you, they will listen to you. They'll do what you tell them to do because they trust you. They'll send you endless referrals. They buy from you again and again. And when you screw up, and let me tell you, Jack, we all screw up, right? Sooner or later, they'll forgive you. They'll forgive you. They won't be the ones who say, well, you should have done it right the first time. You know? <laughs> yeah. One of the strategies you know, that I, mean, let... I do. Go. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I would love... No, one of the Hold strategies. Hold on to that thought, you know. I... <laughs> Sorry, we have a little bit of a delay on this, uh, but yeah. well, I wanted to tie all that together really quick for everybody because there were a lot of important points that both of you have been leading, kind of needing to sew together for everybody, I think, because one is way back when you started, I just re just thought about how much Gina is going to regret not having been able to be on the call today because, you know, as far as the connections and being connectors, 
and being able to refer people and just being able to the way you, the way you guys sound is almost like experts. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like this kind of stuff is going to hit this sweet spot for people who truly are experts at what they do. And it's not going to make any sense at all yet for those people who have yet to master their area. I'm talking about mostly coaches, coaches and consultants who have been told sure. coaching and consulting is a lucrative field to get into, but they don't have the depth of experience to hang tin the way you guys do, the way you're talking about right now. Because you're talking about something that is so relaxed, so not in people's faces, none of the trickery, the buy or die stuff and all that. It, it, it doesn't need to be there, but I want to put a caveat to that. It doesn't need to be there in your world. And it does, I think a lot of other people do need to rely on that stuff when they don't have any real experience to back it up. And they're being told you should, you know, build a funnel and have an opt-in and then start getting rid of people that way. You guys don't talk about it that way at all. Like you're talking about no, a network of things. people who are referring business to each other and, and it's, a, it's a wildly different world, one that I'm happy to be in well, myself. Step, well, let's step into that, though, because what you mentioned were two or three things, and all of those are the tactical things. You need a funnel. You need a fusion salt. You need this. You need that. You need the other. And the thing is, right. when we step out of that and say, what is our strategy? The, here's the key. I can give you a tactic. I say, you need infusion soft. And, I, and then I say, okay, now you have Infusionsoft, what's your strategy? Infusionsoft can't tell you what the strategy is. A funnel can't tell you your strategy. But when you know your strategy right. and you're crystal clear on your vision and your value, those two things, your why and their why, when you, get, when you step back at any level, solopreneur, multinational corporation, and I'm, I've done uh, with, with ministers of tourism across the Caribbean, it doesn't really matter what it is. When you step back from, I've got to get the sale, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. When you get yourself out of that place and you step back and you really drill down and understand the strategy, for your marketing and sales we're saying here, marketing and sales together, they cooperating together. It's all the two sides of the same coin. When that is in place, yeah. I can say, hey, you need to have Infusionsoft, and you go, well, what's our strategy? Oh, you need to have this. Well, what's our strategy? Oh, you need to have a, a free report. Okay, what's our strategy? Because the strategy will always tell you which tactics you need. So even if right. it's a solopreneur, when somebody gets it and recognizes it doesn't matter, I, they're not a coach. Let me share this with you. I, I met, you, you said coaches, and I love it. I think there are more life coaches than there are people sometimes. You know, you go, <laughs> you go <laughs> there are lives. like every other person is a, is a coach. But I had a woman come up to me and she said, I help women who are age, what do you do, blah, blah, She said, I help women age 50 to 65 who have been divorced answer the question, now what? And I went, you know, of all the people that I've met, she had it so clear as to who she was for, what it was that the transformation was that she was giving, the results that she brought for them, that she could have absolute confidence. That confidence thing, she could have absolute confidence that if I said, well, don't you work with men? Men get divorced too. That she could say, no, 
here is what I do. I have my strategy in place. I can, I understand why I'm not trying to help them get through a divorce. I'm not helping them to save their marriage. I'm not helping 30-year-old women. I'm helping this age range. I know who they are because I can hit my stride and I can make that happen. And I can tell you she had yeah. more business than she could handle because she got it. And when you get it, here's, here's the trick. If you don't get it, they won't get it. If I don't tell my market, if I don't tell them, they won't get it themselves. They'll just hear, you know, like Charlie Brown's teacher, well, mama, 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 more stuff. But when my message gets so zoned in, they get it and they feel like he's been reading my diary. He knows, How does he know these things about me? That's when you can yeah. shine. That's when you shine. And it can happen either by accident or on purpose because I have uh, – yeah been out there doing wildly different things over so many years that people tend to find things I'm not really specializing in anymore or focusing on anymore, and that's how sure. they connect with me. You know, after 20 years, you can have a lot of articles and interviews and pages all over the Internet that are like, Jack Humphrey is an SEO specialist. Well, that was 2005 yeah. to 2008 or nine, and, and then somebody – comes in with that understanding, and I've done this with people because I, I had to learn it kind of intuitively because it was really jamming me up, and I had, to, I had to just listen to what they thought they wanted me to help them with and then got them to talk more about their business in general or what's really going on. And every time somebody comes to me with some understanding or I was misintroduced, I was referred by someone who thought I was doing something in the, in the business that I was no longer focusing on, and they introduced me that way, and then that person calls me and says, I hear you do this. And I'm like, well, yeah, so tell me what's up. And then all of a sudden, and this was all by accident. I never had anybody like you guys show me how to do this. I just, I'm just now realizing how much I lucked into just doing that and, and picking up clients for well, life, well, like, picking up clients okay. that – yeah. yeah, some of it was, we can say like, but some of it was also you actually performed, you were doing things, people were talking about you, and that's not necessarily like that stuff that's happening. But if I can give you an analogy, if I may, my wife yeah. was a professor of art. She started the art program at Florida State College in Jacksonville. And she would have people who came to her who were good but had never had any art training. And in the process of going through her drawing and, 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 and painting classes, they began to learn what it was that they had been doing. They didn't even know, but they were doing it, and that made them better. It made them more effective. It meant that now they understood and they could zone in on the things that worked, and it wasn't just all experimental stuff for them. And that's the difference. That's the difference. Yeah. There's a there's a, a core component of all this is doing. There's a lot of people out there who tend yeah. to get really into the the learning part, and they'll keep buying courses, going to seminars, and all this stuff. And you you start to look tactic, at tactic, how tactic, much tactic. time they're spending learning. Yeah, and they're afraid they're going to make a mistake, right? So they keep they stay yeah. in school, 
until they in, in, in this unrealistic idea that they're going to get so good theoretically that they'll be able to go out into the world and be perfect, and they won't make a mistake. But then you find a lot of people like that just continue their lives with a lot less doing and, and, and a lot less success. Well, you can't do testing if you don't do. So you have the testing, tracking, and tweaking part, you have to be able to be doing the stuff. You have to be willing to be doing the stuff so that you can see the results. Now, in, the online, in the online world and in most marketing, we deal with the hard metrics, you know, how many opens, how many, how many click-throughs, how many opt-ins, and, and so forth, how many conversions. The hard metrics, they're, they're easy to track. I mean, uh, unless you tell people what the really important ones are, most business owners can get really overwhelmed with all the data. But they're easy to track. You know, the harder stuff, though, and this is where, this is where Tim really comes in strong, the harder stuff in marketing is understanding the soft metrics, the stuff that our numbers don't sh- – our numbers show us the results of it, but sales, the sales side of the equation. And Listen, Jack, sometimes it can be the same person. A solopreneur can be doing the sales and marketing themselves, and they're not having this conversation in their own head. We've seen this happen. That soft metric, <laughs> the stuff that the, the customers are saying, the way they're responding to the questions – the way they're, the objections that they're putting in, that's the metrics that when you put that in the hands of sales in a specific way, and, or marketing rather, sales is communicating with marketing in a real structure so that marketing now can take and begin testing new things in order to fine-tune the messaging. That's when you get the quantum leaps in your marketing. And Tim, this is one of the things that Tim is really good at is in communicating those soft metrics. And I've just I've just figured out why you guys work play so well together. <laughs> you want to elaborate on that, Tim? Well, you know, it, and I'll go back to it. Um, you know, it's the Bruce Lee method I call it. Is you can either train with a master, or you can learn. But what's the cost of doing business? What is it going to cost you in your business to have to learn something, or just hire someone that's already an expert? So I want to use Ford, Amazon. I mean, Amazon is a huge success. They don't just sell their own products. They sell a lot of other people's stuff. Ford. I mean, you, I mean, you see Ford on there, but I don't, I've never seen Ford tires. Have you? Nope. I've, I've never seen any kind of tire made by Ford. So strategic partnerships, what I think one of the biggest things in marketing and in business because business is mathematics. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend two thousand eighty hours per year studying something, and then it's gonna take you ten thousand hours to master to where you can really make money, instead of telling the universe I'm gonna spend the next five years, what's it gonna cost me time versus money in my business mathematically to me to learn this, or do I hire someone or strategically partner with that person? Emerson and I strategically partnered because I was really good on the mathematics and the sales numbers. Emerson was really good at writing it and the objections, so I spent a lot less time having to defend or overcome objections. I could just do it in the front. So even before they met me, all those objections were coming from stage. It was in the marketing. So anytime I sit down with a business owner, they're like, I'm trying to learn this, I'm doing this. And I, the only question I ask is, you know, obviously – Let's just look at the mathematics. If, you're, if, you're, if you pay yourself 50 bucks an hour 
and you have an assistant making ten dollars an hour and she's not working on revenue producing stuff is it is it cheaper and easier in your business to hire someone that's an Aryan expert and they'll give me ten different problems and I'm like let's start let's categorize them one to ten of importance of what we need to do and one always comes to strategy and then when it comes to tactics you know they'll tell me they need these 20 tactics great let's whiteboard it real quick let's start with the one that's going to bring in the most revenue for you right now and let's start pegging them down because an idea without a date's a dream i'm learning i'm doing that it's emotional that not once is the business owner looking at if i have to learn this for the next five years my income's going to go down because I'm not working on revenue-generating activities. I'm in the learn mode. And mathematically, yeah. when I look at something, it's just the mathematics for me to learn something. There's always somebody better than me. One of my referral partners is always better at it than me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that strikes me about all of this is, that you guys really operate on a high leverage level, and everything that you've talked about today is always you're up in the higher elevations that it would take an average person some time to get used to. If it was air, <laughs> if they landed at 10,000 feet, but they live at, at, at 1,000 feet, it takes them a while to be able to walk up that mountain, and you guys are running all over it like it's like your mountain goats. And so. What I wanted to kind of pivot to is this idea. You keep talking about strategic partnerships, and um, you know, a, a lot of, of Gina's business, especially, but we both work with people because we kind of have the same sort of relationship you guys do. We have complementary aspects of each other, <laughs> and uh, and people come and 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 they think they want to do joint venture brokering because they've heard maybe discussions similar to this one. Um, in the past where they realize there's people around the world who just float between companies and float between really good uh, products and services and, and things like that, and they don't spend a lot of time with their own stuff. And they love the idea of that because there's a lot of real upside to that. For them, they think of things like, I don't have to develop or fulfill products. I don't have to do all the junk that there is in the part of the business that I don't want to do. You know, kind of barring the right. fact that they are the product. <laughs> but they're connectors, and Gina really, really right. is one of those connectors. You guys are connectors, right. and connectors live a really killer life. Yeah, go ahead. Brother, just, just so you know, last year I booked over 800 sponsorships and 600 people on stages because people called me. I didn't yeah. – it's not like I had to go <laughs> out. People called me like, hey, brother, I, you know, I want more stages. Great. Promoters will call me, hey, you know what, I'm down, I'm in a pinch, and, you know, I need a couple speakers for an event. I just did one in Costa Rica. You know, a week before, two yeah. speakers canceled, so I went down and got one of my students to go down, and I just got back from Costa Rica having a great time and got to speak for the whole day. And when you, you know, when you leverage your opportunities with your referral partners, you know, I don't ever say, they say, well, oh, my God, I got a problem. Great, I'll just solve it. I don't. I don't assume anything in America. We never have a problem. Okay, because they're going to tell me the problem yeah. is, and I'm like, all I do is shut up and listen. Because if I say the problem is, all I created was a problem. Challenges, I created a challenge. And we don't have any challenges in America. I mean, there's always a way you can tell the universe no because the problem is, and you created that, or you just say, who do you know? Okay, and make sure, bet them hard, don't, no, just, you know, don't say, oh, I can do this and assume they can. 
test them, know, know their stuff. Every one of my referral partners, even Emerson's and I, I've been through their stuff. So yeah. when I, because I know their business, because I know their integrity, because I know the people they are, okay, I can actually, with heartfelt, emotional, with somebody, and I know they're going to better somebody's life because of their service, I have no problem putting that referral there, plus I'm getting paid. Well, and, and the other part, the problem. other aspect of that is, the other aspect of that is, is that, are you there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the other, I heard, I heard a noise in the background. The other aspect of that is, is that Tim actually does do real direct sales uh, coaching, training, and mentoring with individuals and teams. I actually do marketing, uh, uh, coaching, and mentoring, and, and copywriting services. And we do, we do boardrooms. We do strategic planning days with companies. So we're actually making impacts on people, not just saying, hey, 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 hey would you, how about being a JV partner? Hey, yeah, we'll split 10% or 20% or 50% or whatever the percent is. So we're bringing value to the table, not just trying to get a big network of people. So the network of people isn't objective itself. The network of people is because of the value that we've brought. Does that make sense? That's, it's a little bit different than being like, you know, it's, it's bringing that value. And Gina brings a lot of value to everybody that she works with, I know, you know, from the, from the number of years that, that, uh, that we've been, you know, knowing each other. And, and, and these are the kinds of things that make the difference. It's when I'm not coming at you saying, I've got this, I want to sell you. I hear something, I want to pitch you. But it's where I'm coming with something that will yeah. help you, it will benefit you, it will bring results in your life that will be beneficial for you. So building lifetime relationships of mutual value, that's a real key element in it. Where I'm looking yeah. at you as a relationship. I'm not looking at you well, just as just a Just like sale. you said, the dumber you are, the more you sell. Because yep. every one of us has been <laughs> to an event or been on a date, and all someone does is talk about themselves and we check out. You don't need to say much. My average phone call when someone calls me up is eight minutes. You know, Emerson, I automate workflow so you work less and make more. I shorten your sales cycle, and I strategically part you with seven and nine of the business. Does any of that apply? And I shut up. You, is if you got your messaging <laughs> that dialed in when we go into boardrooms, you don't need to say anymore. And then, of course, what do you think they always tell me? Oh, <laughs> all of them apply. Great. Let's get specific. The more specific you can get on the biggest pain point that they have, if you solve that one, they're going to hire you for the next 10. They're not for we me. Just admit, we, I'm going to refer. Do what? I was going to say, ahead, we Jeff. just did a mini, a mini boardroom this morning. And literally yeah. in a couple of hours, a pressing issue that had been holding, uh, holding, holding the client back, we were able to come up with a strategic plan that made a difference and that within the next week he'll actually be able to put into action and test and try and track, testing, tracking, and tweaking it, to put it into play and try it. And that's been the hang-up that client and it's zeroing in on it being willing to say what I don't yep. want what I do want yep. and, and not not getting into the you know needy clingy grabby I want all I get all I can get all I get right. because right. in this particular case what that meant for him was a lot of people come in the, in the door but it, it was a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of energy a lot of cost and mm -hmm. at the end of the day the sales weren't 
he was good he was good face to face, but the person wasn't right. Well, and, and to go right back people. to that, Emerson, and, and we've known this client for a long time. Uh, I actually went up to an event with him, and he's never sold a hundred grand at one event at, from a booth. And when I went up there twice, I've been to different events with this client, and one one we did seventy k, and the other one I did one hundred and thirty k in sales, and he's not been able to touch it since. But every time I tell him to dumb the message, be like, dude, the dumber you are, the more you sell, and he's like. Because all I ask, you know, I just ask three questions, and the the rest of the people in the booth are having full-on 45-minute conversations. I'm like, you know, because if, if any of that stuff applies to what I was asking them, they're going to tell me they're interested. If they are, then I'll sit down with them. Yeah. If they're not, they're just tire kickers coming to the booth, and there was no reason. And he, he, drove, he drove all the way up to see us this morning because I just flew in Costa Rica, and, and Emerson came down from, from Jacksonville, so we spent a couple days together. As we're doing this, he's like, you know, that's he, yes or no, Emerson. The problem is, my challenge is, I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. stop saying that. There's no challenge. Just tell us, here's here's the strategy. Here's how I think it would work better because this is how it's going to build the relationship at the booth. I, people will start to feel emotional about it. They'll start to feel something about it because they have something in their hand. And that starts the dating process. See, with technology and all these funnels and all this stuff, it's so generic that we expect we're going to get married or we're going to, we're going to get lucky because I sent out an email or I said hi to somebody, and that just seems kind of douchey. Yeah. It's, kind of, you know, it's kind of stalking somebody instead of just making their emotion, getting them into the emotional state of feeling something that's about them and nothing about your product. Because no right. one cares. Right. And, and, and to that point, to that point, these concepts work offline and online. They work old school right. and new school. I've had marketing yep. campaigns where we were we were earning uh, over ten dollars earnings per click, uh, and not with you know a handful of, of test pieces, but with with uh, seven or eight hundred thousand emails, we're earning over two dollars an email. It, this stuff works when you when you work the when you work the process when you when you step back and are willing to get a little counterintuitive on it and not be just looking at the tactic 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 well what's our strategy in this and that's where the magic starts to happen. I love that you guys are able to talk about this stuff because it's it's sort of like the Zen thing uh <laughs> where if you have to talk about it, it's not Zen. And then Lao Tzu, you know, <laughs> continued to write a whole book about it anyway. Uh, but it is very difficult for a lot of people uh, to explain this. We've had a lot of people come on and explain it. I think you guys have done the absolute best job in the history of Leverage Masters because you can do that. You've, you've elucidated this very, very well so that people understand what's really happening out there. And if you're, it's almost as if you're, if you're too hyper-aware of what you're doing, you've made a tactic out of something that makes it want to fail. You can't be aware. I think when you guys are in your element, I totally picture you doing everything that you've talked about today, not being aware that you're doing it, just doing it, because that's the way it should be done. It's the way real business, real marketing and sales should be done, and it doesn't occur to you until you get on a show and somebody asks you, what is it that you do? And then you've got to switch to that mode that's very difficult for people who can't teach it the way that you do, 
to, to, to elucidate that, to get that out in a way that people understand. So thank you very, very much for that. Before we go, and I don't even know if you guys are aware that we just blew through an hour like it was nothing, but we have, and that obligates you to come back because if we're on this much of a roll at the end of a show, I feel there's a lot more we could talk about. So I really, really would love to have you guys both back on together individually, however you'd like to do it. Um, but really quickly, tell people where they can get into your circle of influence so that uh, people can check out more about what you guys are doing. Well, the best thing that they can do right now is to go to morethanstrategy.com and uh, get the blueprint that we have. And the reason I say that, we are, we've just finished a book. It's coming out in about a month uh, called Sold, S-O-L-D. And later this week, we're actually going to be recording, spending two days in a studio recording some of these concepts for people as well. And we'll, we'll send the information. We're not going to spam people. We'll send them the information when those things are actually uh, uh, published and produced. And that would be the best place to start. They can also reach out to us. Uh, they can reach me, R. Tim, me at Emerson at Y2 Wealth, and Tim at Tim at Y2 Wealth. That's Y W H Y and the number two Wealth W E L T H dot com. And they can send a personal message Excellent. to us if they want, and um, you know, continue the conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. I, or, you know, connect with us on Facebook. I mean, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, or connect through Jack or, or any of us if you guys need to get a hold of us or if we can serve you in 2018. Here's the one thing I'll leave you with. Stop telling people that you're going to help them because if people have money, you can't help them. Change the word from help to how I can serve you in 2018 and you'll see a boost in your sales. Because people that have money, are kings. Their ego's in the way. They don't need help, but they definitely love to be served. Emerson, Tim, thank you so much for being on Love Masters. I really, really appreciate it. Gina's going to love going through this recording, uh, and she's definitely going to want you guys to come back, too. We'll see everybody next week on Leverage Masters. Thank you, Jack. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Uh-huh.